Thank you guys so much. So, something really cool this morning. We pray so much for God's will and, and, and for His Spirit to just take over whenever He wants. And I call those beautiful interruptions. And this morning we have a beautiful interruption. Are you guys okay with the Spirit interrupting our plans? Yes. Are you really? Okay. So, Diane comes up this morning and is sharing with Pastor Adam that she has a name to cross off of one of the prodigal boards. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. That is a beautiful, beautiful interruption. I don't know anything about the person, and I'm just going to say I know that his first name is Bill. So as Diane is obedient and she's marking Bill's name off of this prodigal board, I just ask that we would just pray for Bill right now. Father, we are so thankful that you continue to come after us, that you continue to pursue us, God, and I just want to lift up Bill to you right now, Lord. God, I don't know what the situation is, God, but we do know that something has happened, that, that he, he, he has turned his way to you, Father. He is he has opened up to you. He's, something has happened. You have caused something to happen in Bill's life that is changing him right now as we speak. So Father, we just pray, God, that you would just, you would just continue to send out your workers. You would continue to send people that, God, you've probably already got people planned to be around him. God, you've already got opportunities for him to grow in his faith. So Lord, I just pray that those people that you have sent around him and in his life and in his family and in his workplace and wherever that is, Lord, that you would just anoint them, that you would just give them the right words to say, Lord, and that Bill would just follow you for all the rest of the days of his life, Lord. We proclaim that. We believe it is truth, Father, and we are so thankful that we're able to celebrate this this morning. God, we thank you for your interruption, God. I pray that your spirit would just interrupt this entire service, Father, that you would just remove any, any, God, you would just remove me, Father, that you would just empty me out and just fill me up with your spirit, God, and that you would just move in this place, Lord. God, we lift up Bill. We celebrate. We're thankful, God. And I just pray that he would just continue to follow you, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. What a beautiful, beautiful interruption. So we are in the middle of this series, Be Generous. Be Generous. And as I reflected on generosity and, and started to think about really what that means, man, there, there is a power in generosity. There is a power in being generous. When I think about it, I think, so Brooke and I have discovered the most amazing, life-changing, one of the most amazing, life-changing things in our life, and it is Aldi. Amen. Aldi is so spectacular. Aldi has everything that you need. Literally, there's like toys from like five years ago that aren't even cool to kids anymore, apparently, right next to like produce and like discounted bread. And like, I'm like, this is my place, right? So you're like, what does that have to do with generosity? I'm being generous by sharing this with you. Um, Adam talked last week about Walmart. I don't know what our deal is with grocery stores, but it's the small things. It's the small things. So, um, so what I learned is the first day that we went to Aldi, you don't get to just go get your cart. You have to have a quarter. 
you guys are like, amen. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So you have to have a quarter to get your cart. And I didn't know that. But what was cool about it is, is when we walked up to Aldi for the first time, somebody was walking out with their cart. And as we were walking towards the cart, this, this lady generously said, do you want my cart? And she gave it to us. And I understand it's just a quarter. And, and we offered it. I offered it to her a quarter for that because Brooke had told me on the way there, yeah, you got to have a quarter. I'm like, well, I'm just not smart enough to know that. I guess I'm not that hip. So anyway, I offered it to this lady and this lady was like, nope, don't worry about it. Somebody gave it to me. And I was like, well, that's really generous, right? And it meant so much to me that when we got done shopping and we came out, I was already like locked in. I was like, okay, who can I get? And this, this older man started walking in, and I was like, dude, here, take this cart. And I was so excited to do it. And he offered the cord, and I was like, nope, we got it for free. I just, I just asked that you pass it on. And he was like, I will. And it may not seem like much with a quarter, but it's the act of generosity that carried so much weight. And so what happened with that was, is the amount of generosity that was shown to me caused me as a byproduct to be generous to somebody else. And so as I reflected on generosity, I thought, man, think about the generosity that God showed us when He sent His Son to pay our debt, our debt, on the cross. The mercy, the grace that was shown. And I just wonder if we would reflect as we go through today and the rest of this series, if we would just reflect on maybe, maybe one big thought. How can we show somebody the grace that has been shown to us? And so I challenge you to think about that. Not only today, not only next week, probably just with our lives. What would it look like if the followers of Jesus shared the grace and the mercy that's been given to us to somebody else. It would absolutely change everything. It would change lives. It would change families. It would change schools. It would change workplaces. It would change people's worlds. So think about that as we go through this. So, as I said, as we're in the middle of this series, this is the second installment, if you will, Um, last week, Adam shared with us about time. And man, that was a powerful message because I know personally for me, it caused me to reflect on the prioritization of my time, who and how and what I spend my time on. And this morning, we're going to be talking about talent. So last week was time. Today is talent. Next week will be treasure. So with talent, I mean gifts. Not G-I-F's. G-I-F-T-S. Gifts. Abilities. I love gifts. Abilities. Talents. Things that God has made you with for a purpose. And when I think about this, It makes me reflect, I reflect a lot, I guess I say that a lot, it makes me reflect on, I remember when I was a kid, 
and maybe some of you can track with me on this, but I always kind of had this gut feeling that I was destined for something big. And maybe that's just the imagination or dreams of a child, but I don't think so. So when I was a kid, what I thought I was destined for was to be an NBA star. I thought that that's it. That is what I'm supposed to do. And I literally spent every single waking day driven by that passion that that is my destiny. I'm going to be an NBA basketball player. You guys can see how that worked out. Although I am still waiting on the Lakers to call me. (laughs) I'm kind of worried now because they've got LeBron, but before they were kind of cruddy, so I thought I might have a chance. But uh, Kyle's going, no, I've seen you play, dude. It's not true. So, but if you would, think about that. Think about, have you ever just had this, this feeling in your gut that there's a bigger reason why I'm here? This kind of continued on as I got older and matured away from the MBA aspirations. Um, so as I started working and, and, and career and things like that, and, and Brooke and I early in our marriage, I worked a lot of different jobs. Um, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, although my name is not Jack. But I tried a lot of different things. Um, I've definitely been part of different trades, uh, corporate world, and I just always had this feeling that I just never fit in with that. That just, that just wasn't what I was destined to do. Maybe some of you can agree with that today. And until I really, until God got a hold of my life, I realized this huge, important, before we could unpack what talents and gifts are, we have to understand this truth and let it sink in, that you were created with a plan for a purpose. You were created with a plan for a purpose. You may have heard that before. You may have read that before. But have you ever adopted it into your life? Have you ever allowed it to to drive you and lead you and guide you? Because the tendency, and I can say for myself, is we want to be selfish. And I'm fully qualified to say that because I've been selfish most of my life. But when you understand that God created you with a plan for a purpose, it changes everything. There is a magnitude with this that will absolutely change the way that you live your life and the way that you serve God. Allow this to sink in. Jeremiah 29.11, the Lord speaks this into Jeremiah's life says, for I know, God knows. Say, God knows. God knows. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He had this plan for Jeremiah. As a matter of fact, in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, listen, I knew you before I formed you. And he even calls him his chosen instrument. You are a chosen instrument by God. For God. I encourage you to let that sink in. Don't just hear it, but adopt it into your life. 
We even hear David talk about it in Psalm. In Psalm 139, 13, for you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. What does this mean? It means that God literally made you exactly the way that you are for a plan and a purpose. You think the way that you think because God made you that way. You speak the way that you speak because God made you that way. Your personality is the way that it is because God made you that way. The way you look, God made you that way. The tone of your skin, God made you that way. Yeah, I understand God made me that way, but He made you that way for a plan and a purpose. Those are two different things. Totally different things. So, I've explained to you what you are. You are created by God, for God. Let me tell you what you are not. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are not junk. No matter what anyone else has ever said to you outside of God, you were created with a plan for a purpose. God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make accidents. The talents that you possess, that are God-given to you, the way that I just described, the way that you're knit together, the way that you speak, the way that you act, the way that you looked, are specific to you for God's glory. They're specific to you. So what does that mean? We live in such a world today that we compare. We compare the way that we look with how somebody else looks. Social media has absolutely destroyed that, in my opinion. You could throw arrows at me all you want, but I, I truly believe that because social media has, as one of my friends says, is the highlight reel. I mean, people can look how they want to look and act how they want to act, and it just looks like everything is so perfect and put together, and it's so not real. And I know some people do put their real life. I'm not trashing the whole thing. But I'm just saying, it has become a platform for some people to make it look like everything is a certain way when that's really not the truth. And so people compare. They want to look like this person. I wish that I had this ability. I wish that I had this talent. I wish that I could play basketball like LeBron James. And I'm close, but not quite. (laughs) But that's what we do. We compare. And so with that comparing, we start to envy and we oh man, I'm, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not very fit. I don't look like this person. I wish that I could look like this person. And, and we start to envy. And then out of that envy starts to come this jealousy. And then we start to have discontent for that person because they look that way and I look this way. And it starts to pile up on top of this promise that God says that I made you specifically to be the way that you are for my plan and my purpose. And now we have all this junk layered on top and, and we can't even see what we're supposed to be anymore. We can't even, we've lost sight, right? I think about it like, like this stage being a stage of your life. And 
If you have stepped into a relationship with Jesus, you give him center stage, right? He's, he's at the forefront. He's, he's, he's supposed to be, if we go back to the story of creation, we were created in God's image. Why? So that we would image God to the world. So when people look into our life, they see a reflection of Jesus and God is imaged in our life. And what happens when we start to pile different negativity and lies that are straight from the enemy is we put things on our stage in front of the image of Christ. And so now we've got all these different things in front of us and Jesus is back there and people only see your negativity. People only see your hatred. And, and, and I'm not trying to be mean. This is just the truth. And, and, and this is not what God has for you. So, so maybe you need to clear the stage. So your talents are specific to you. The way that God made you, the way that God has called you, what He has called you to, how He has called you to be, where He has called you to be, is specific to you. I can't walk in your calling. You can't walk in my calling. Were you saying I can't be a preacher? No, that's not what I'm saying. I can't preach like Kyle preaches, even though I wish I could. See, but I shouldn't do that. I can't preach like Kyle preaches because Kyle preaches how he's called to preach and created to preach. He can't preach like I'm called to preach because I'm created and called to preach the way that I am. And the same thing with Adam and the same thing with you and you and you and you and you. Understand that because that will help you have clarity on how we need to view ourselves. We look out too much for what we don't have and it overshadows what we do have. It's very, very important that we understand that in our lives. So it's specific to us. Well, why? What, what do we do with this? What do we do with the way that we are? It's specific to us for God's glory. Ephesians 4.4 4 says, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. It's your call. It's specific to you. So what do we do with it? Colossians 1.16, All things were created through Him for Him. Through Him for ourselves. No. Through Him for somebody else to think we have it all together. No. Through Him so that I look like I'm smarter than somebody else. No. Through Him for Him. Say it, for Him. For Him. For Him, not for me. You are given talents and gifts for God's glory, not yours. I have struggled with that most of my life because I tried to find my identity and my performance for me. But the truth is, we're supposed to perform to glorify God, to lift God up. When you make that transition in your mind to say it's not for me anymore, it's for God's glory, 
you start to realize that God can use you to transform others. A great example of this is I served in a ministry called Men's Encounter. And it was a very powerful men's ministry back in Lebanon, Missouri. And when I first went, I had a friend that just bugged me until I was just annoyed by it, and I finally went. And so that first time that I went, I had some unforgiveness that I had to deal with. And I'm so thankful that I went and that God revealed that in my life. And so when I went and attended, it was for me, right? Because God needed to work on some things in me, and I needed to, to work on some things in our relationship. And so as he showed me that forgiveness, and I was able to forgive, God started opening up blessings in my life. So I say that to say the very next encounter came around, and they were every other month then, and I got asked to come and serve. Totally opposite thing. <laughs> because this ministry was really growing at this time, and, and every other month... At this two-day conference, they would pack in all this information and all, this, all these amazing uh, God truths and powerful worship, and it was just a crazy movement of God, and it was growing so much that, that every single one, they were at least 600 guys, 600 men would be there attending this. And so it wasn't like a um, church potluck, hey, can you help come bring a dish? It was like, will you come help serve 600 dudes that you don't even know? I was like... Here's my problem. Somebody asks me to do something, I automatically say yes. And then as soon as I get off the phone, I'm like, what did I just do? (laughs) And so, but what I learned about serving at that time that I had not been doing in my own life is that it was more powerful of a blessing back to me to serve rather than to be served. I think this is extremely important on how we use our gifts and our talents that God has given us to serve others, if you'll step out of your comfort zone and serve others, man, it absolutely amplifies your faith. It brings your faith to a level. I couldn't imagine the level of my faith that grew in that time of servanthood. It is so very, very powerful. So when we do things for God, for His glory, It lifts up our faith, and it changes lives. Your talents are ordained by God to be a part of somebody's salvation. So in other words, your talents, your gifts, your abilities were ordered and placed in you, intricately formed, to be a part of someone else's salvation. I'm not saying you, their salvation is contingent on you, but you're a piece of that plan of salvation. This should just blow your mind. This should absolutely change the way that you think. Because now, it's not only about this faith that I've received, but how can I use this to share this hope that I now have with somebody else that doesn't have it? right? It completely changes your mindset. Man, you you start to look for opportunities that God has already placed in your life to share the faith that you have to change somebody else's life. That the God of all creation who spoke things into motion 
who created us, who created everything, would want to use us? Wow. That's incredible. This changes everything. This is monumental. Do not, please, do not lose sight of how important this is today. Please. The talents, the abilities, the way that God has made you, He is called to be a piece, a part of someone else's salvation plan. Wow. First Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So what does that mean? So the grace that has been shown to us by Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross, man, we get to share that with somebody else. This is powerful, folks. God uses His people to demonstrate His grace through our gifts. Through the way that we are. God demonstrates His grace through us. And when you submit your life to God, when you lay down everything and literally say, God, you can have my finances, you can have my marriage, God, you can have my kids, you can have my job, you can have, my, you can have everything in my life, then God's grace is complete through that and God will use you to change people's lives like you never thought before. He is above and beyond. His thoughts are more than ours. You may not understand it. It may not make sense to you, but it is the truth. He wants to use you. He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. Do not miss this. Do not let it just be head knowledge, but let it move into heart knowledge. And let it be how you live your life out of an overflow of that. So I don't know... I don't know the truth of, of where you're at today. I don't. But I think this question is very important. Because though I tried, I couldn't get away from it. What will you do with what God has given you? Really, this opens up two questions of where you could be. What are you doing with what God has given you? And the other side is what will you do with what God has given you? The first one indicates that we realize God has gifted me in this way. Man, I can sing like an angel. I can't, but I'm just giving an example. Maybe maybe you have a gifting in that. I do not. I wish that I did, but I don't. Maybe you have a gifting in that. Maybe, maybe you're drawn to, to a certain type of people. Maybe you're drawn to teenagers. Maybe, maybe you have a heart for, for children. Maybe you're drawn to marriages that are in disarray. Maybe you realize that. So I would ask, what are you doing with that gift? that God has created you with this plan and this purpose in mind. 
And maybe you're sitting there going, listen, listen, bro, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what God has called me to. I don't really know what my gifts are, what I can share. I can give you this truth, and maybe you've heard it before, and maybe you need to adopt it into your life. Maybe you haven't heard it. But if you seek the one who created you with that plan and that purpose, God will reveal to you what he has called you to be and do. If you ask, the only contingency on that is that you seek him with your whole heart. We don't just seek him one day a week. We don't just seek him when we pray before meals. We seek him with our whole hearts, our whole lives, given as a sacrifice on the altar to say, God, you can have it all. And if you will seek him, and I mean for real, like in your heart, like say, God, God, I must know. If you will be desperate for that, if you will be desperate for his spirit, his glory will be revealed to you. His will will be revealed to you. Are you desperate for his spirit this morning? What would happen if, if God's people were desperate for his spirit? Let me tell you what would happen. God would reveal his glory. Lives would be changed. Heaven will come down to earth. Miracles will take place. Are you desperate for his spirit this morning? Would you guys stand with me, please? I'll leave you with that question. What are you doing with what God has given you? And if you don't know what that is, what will you do with what God has given you? This is your time to respond to the Father. What will you say?